0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Well, Colby, it was time for an emergency podcast. We normally don't tape on Wednesday nights to preview a Saturday football game, but the NCAA ruling came down. Oklahoma State basketball is uh, getting hosed, much like OSU is familiar with with the NCAA. So we thought we would tape uh, tonight instead. It is same
1: story, different day with the NCAA. It's just, we have so, so much ground to cover in this pod. And uh, it's just, it's been a day, man. It's been a, it's been a rough day.
0: It really has. <laughs> and, you know, word started trickling out early on, on Wednesday morning that OSU oh, was going to hold a press conference. And I don't know how you felt about it, Colby. but it just kind of just go through the day as, as it occurred. My first instinct was OSU was fed up with without having any reasoning for why they haven't had a decision yet. So I thought they were going to hold a press conference to kind of hold the NCAA's feet to the fire. But um, word soon quickly turned that the NCAA was going to hold up their their ban. And sure enough, a release from OSU, 15 minutes before their press conference started, basically reacted to with all the reports that the NCAA was going to uphold the – the three-year probation, the one-year postseason ban, the reduction of scholarships. And and uh, it's – I don't even know how to, how to start to tackle this, Colby, other than I was shocked. I really thought this was going to be either OSU saying, what the heck, we, we play a game this week, and we still haven't heard. It's been five years. And it gets flipped all the way to the worst possible case scenario in
1: the blink of an eye uh yeah i mean it's just it's been an absolute disaster of a day my first thought when i heard they were having a press conference was oh they have a decision I expected it to be a good day. I really did. I expected it to be a good day because on no planet, especially, I mean, look, when when the punishments were levied originally, we all thought that they were a little ridiculous. But as we saw more punishments come out for other schools who were involved in similar things, some of them more severe, some of them less severe, Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to be less severe and more cooperative than what Oklahoma State was. But as these things started rolling in, I thought it was a near impossibility that the cowards in the NCAA office and on the Infractions Committee and on the Appeals Committee would uphold these blasphemous punishments that clearly do not fit the crime. Also, those who were involved in the crime are not being punished. I was blown back by this this morning. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is really, really cast a pall over today. And every time I watch that video of Boynton speaking. If you haven't watched the full 34-minute video, I highly recommend it. Uh, You know, the the two-minute clip of him getting emotional is circulating on social media, but the 34-minute video is worth watching where he and Chad Weiberg both talk more in-depth about the NCAA. Mike Boynton goes name by name of those who... uh, of of those who were, took part in making this decision. And, you, you know, he called them out, and he called it like it was. And and he said, you know, they slept well tonight because they think that they've done something good here, and they haven't. They're cowards, and they've screwed over a bunch of kids, and that's exactly what they've done, Carson.
0: That's exa- That's all they've done. And I guess let me start with this. Oh, I, I I am so outraged. I don't even know which angle to take to start, but I'm gonna start with with what you just mentioned with, with Mike Boynton and Chad Weiber. Let's just start there. I thought they both were tremendous, and I think it's really telling that you're hearing a head coach of an NCAA basketball program and the athletic director of an NCAA athletic program essentially pull zero punches and call out the NCAA call them quote broken as Chad Weiberg said shameful as Mike Boynton said that's how egregious this ruling was and it was all the way back five years ago or when did they initially rule on this Colby? was it last year
1: when they, they, when it, they, uh, when they dropped
0: the hammer on OSU and they haven't yeah. dropped the hammer on anybody else this far
1: yeah it was roughly 17 months ago that they ruled on this 17 months that they ruled it took for the appeal, even though the last hearing was on February seventh, and now they punish the 2021-2022 team for uh, allegations that took place five years ago. We're not even allegations. Oklahoma State's admitted to it. It happened. It's just not nearly worthy of the punishment that was levied.
0: And I, I, I think it's it's super telling. We've never heard a coach call out the NCAA in this manner. We've never heard an athletic director do the same. That just that spells it out plain as day one, how egregious the ruling was. two that's the, that they're gonna seek legal action and rightfully so I hope they they hire the best lawyers Chad Weber can possibly buy because any lawyer with a lack with, with any common sense or any or any letter of the law when you look at the other cases that, that Mike Boyton brought up with the other programs that have been levied far lesser punishment, And three, it tells me the NCAA is about to die. And that's my whole problem with this entire thing. It's clear to me the NCAA realizes they're dying and they're trying one last ditch attempt to exert some power amongst programs. And that's fine. That's their prerogative, but they've chosen the wrong case to do so. This is not the case to, to start laying down the law on, on college basketball programs or college football programs. It's just not. A, a basketball player from OSU took $300, paid it back, a rogue assistant received money, and all those things we all know about with Lamont Evans. The second OSU found out about it, he was fired. There was no competitive advantage, as Mike Boynton said. This all occurred before Mike Boynton was even the coach. This all occurred before these players were even in high school, most of them. It's just, it makes no common sense. It makes no legal sense. And I don't know what recourse they have, Colby. I really don't. I've asked around. No one seems to know. But if I'm Oklahoma State and I'm Chad Weiberg, I am lawyering the hell up and I am holding their feet to the fire with fire and brimstone is what i'm doing.
1: Yeah, look, i'm not a lawyer. I I don't know how that all works. I hope that there is more coming in this situation. But what i love from Mike Boynton today. I loved a lot of things from Mike Boynton. Number 1, i cannot imagine going through something like this and having an inferior leader in position. Mike Boynton was unbelievable today and he just he solidified He solidified why he is so loved by the Oklahoma State fan base, especially for a guy, you know, Oklahoma State's notorious for having coaches who are Oklahoma State people who've been to the school, who went to school there, who know Stillwater and understand it. He didn't go to Oklahoma State, but he understands it. He gets it. And to his core, he is a good, a good man. You can tell that. And he name-dropped. Today He called them out. He, he called them weak. He called them cowards. He said that they wouldn't come answer questions. Stan Wilcox, he mentioned his name four times. He's the NCAA executive vice president of regulatory affairs. Carson, he was quoted by CBS Sports when all this started as saying I wouldn't want to be the first institution to go through the infractions committee process. You know what that tells me, Carson? That tells me that they had already decided, they had already decided that whoever came forward first was going to get hammered to prove a point that they have the power to do what they want to do to any institution they want to do it. Facts be damned. To hell with the fact that Oklahoma State, the only reason the NCAA knew about this is because when Oklahoma State found out about it, they called the NCAA and they said, look, here's what happened. We have a player accepted $300 from an assistant coach. The assistant coach has been fired. The player has given the money back and been suspended. Where do we go from here? That's what took place. Oklahoma State self-reported to the NCAA. It's a level two violation. First time in NCAA history that a school has been given a postseason ban without one of the major violations that I'm sure people have seen laid out today. They had already determined that they were going to lay the just throw the book at whoever came out first, regardless of how severe the infractions were. You cannot possibly look at what happened with Oklahoma State and tell me that five years after the fact it warrants a postseason ban for Ice Likely and for Musa Sise, who's been there for all of six months, for, for Rondell Walker who posted a picture of himself earlier on Twitter as a sophomore in high school when three was handed over and then returned. And that player served his suspension. And and that's that. That's that. And now I know know it's a different time. I know NIL wasn't a thing. But it's just the optics of all these kids out here posing with $70,000 cars. And now Oklahoma State and these players and Isaac Likely, who won't be back next year, and Bryce Williams and these guys – they don't have a chance to play postseason basketball and the postseason ban's a big deal. What about moving forward? What about the scholarship reductions? What about the reduction in recruiting time? Mike Boynton's limited now as to when he can text players, when he can call them, when he can go visit them. The number of official visits have been reduced. The NCAA did everything that they could to debilitate the program that Mike Boynton has spent four years building to the point where there is finally excitement around Oklahoma state basketball. And, and, It's just, it's such a joke and everybody Agrees. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about after the Xavier Hutchinson penalty. It is almost impossible to get everybody to agree about something. And just about everybody agrees on this, except, like Mike Boynton said, the handful of people who were in Indianapolis celebrating today. They're cowards. Every last one of them, they're cowards. They have no accountability. They don't have to get in front of a microphone and explain their decisions. They don't have to stand up in front of those kids and explain why their dreams are being taken away from them. They don't have have to do any of that, they sit in a conference room, they make this BS decision, and then they move on, and they're proud of themselves because they saw an institution who did something wrong and they punished them. I guess that's what they think. I don't know. I'm still trying to process it and make sense of it, and I can't, Carson. I can't.
0: No, you, you can't. And the, the worst part about it, the the one bit of reasoning we got from you know the Matt Norlanders of the world, the, the, the National College Basketball writers who said. The main reason for this punishment is because Lamont Evans didn't cooperate. Of course he didn't cooperate. The dude's in prison. He's dealing with the FBI. He's not talking to anybody. He's shutting up and letting his lawyers do the talking. You think he's going to bother with the NCAA? Like, at what? in what world does that matter for Mike Boynton and his college basketball program? And that is just insane that that's a reason for this punishment. That Lamont Evans, the rogue assistant who was fired by Oklahoma, you think he's going to cooperate and try to help OSU after he gets fired and, and all these things? Like, what world are they living in? And it's even more egregious that Brad Underwood was the head coach at the time who hired Lamont Evans. It was under his watch. He gets to go coach his players in Champaign, Illinois, unscathed. No punishment whatsoever. He was the head coach at the time. While Mike Boynton is the head coach in Stillwater, having to explain to kids who were in middle school when this was handed down, Isaac likely was a junior in high school. He's a senior now. He has to explain why they can't play in the Instaway tournament while Brad Underwood is scot-free, while South Carolina, who employed Lamont Evans, is scot-free. It would almost be funny, Colby, if it wasn't so asinine in that the fact that OSU... Let's just go through it here. And look, everyone, when they get handed down penalties, every school probably thinks, oh, the NCAA is out to get us. OSU actually has a legitimate case for this. Let's just go through it. The Andy Oliver situation in baseball absolute crime. Absolute crime. He was not able to play in the regional with the ridiculous suspension he got. Des Bryant. And by now the way,
1: the, Andy Oliver sued them and won because it was ridiculous. Sued them and won. Hopefully OSU sues
0: them and wins this year before they still play tournament and they can play. And that was asinine. And it's almost gotten worse each step of the way. The Des Bryant thing is pure comedy in retrospect. The guy the guy has hangs out with, with Deion Sanders, thinks it's a violation. He's he's worried because an NCAA investigator starts questioning him about hanging out with Deion Sanders. So he he does what any scared kid's gonna do. Did you do that? No, I didn't do that. That's what we all did when we got in trouble when we were kids. We we're scared that some authority figure from the NCAA is probably questioning him on the way to class. We all would have said, "I don't I don't know what you're talking about, man." That that lie is all of a sudden a, a full season suspension, nine games. they not get to play the rest of the year. A guy who was an all American was a borderline Heisman candidate coming into that year. Doesn't get to play. And Des Bryant has since I've tweeted about this in the past. He slid into my DMs and explained the entire thing. And I haven't I haven't read these, but you know what? I don't really give a shit. Tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of the stuff he had to say about it. Burn it down,
1: burn it uh, down, burn it down.
0: And it's gonna take me a second to pull it up, but so we go through that. Okay, here we go. Here's Des. Here, here's quote for quote. Dez, Dez would probably he's probably tweeted this out since. So it's, I'm probably not breaking any news or breaking any confidence here. Here's here's a DM from Dez for, to me back in October of 2020 when I was just going off on NCAA for their original ruling. Dez Bryant quote: The NCAA asked if I was training with Dion and asked if I ate dinner with him. I told them no, which was the truth. Then he asked me, did I go to his home? I lied and said no because of the way he was asking me the questions. He made me feel like I had done something wrong. So I lied. I was about to lose everything. I worked for my family. My mom at the time got jammed up by the police and I told her I'm going to enter the draft after my junior year. So she can stop selling drugs. My lawyer at the time sucked. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have read that out loud. Whenever I found out I didn't violate any rules, I felt bad. Then told the truth. I could have ran with the lie and it would have been that the NCAA made me feel like I committed a crime and I lied. I still plan on suing the NCAA for sabotaging my NCAA career. That's what they did to an innocent kid who committed no violations and cost Oklahoma State a great season. I mean, Des Bryant, they just beaten Georgia. Um, it's, It's a total crime what happened. I guess that was the year before. 2009, he was coming off the year against Georgia.
1: And yeah, then yeah. it still, still should be criminal what they did to Des Bryant. And, and it shouldn't be legal what they did to Des Bryant. And now this is this is pulling up old emotions that I've had from past injustices from the NCAA, namely the Des Bryant one. And, and I'm even more upset today because as egregious as that was, and it was beyond egregious. Can it, you
0: believe that's the process? Can you believe no, it's just some, no. some random stranger just berating Des that he and making him feel like he just committed a crime when he.
1: He did he hung out he had the audacity to hang out with Deon Sanders like that's no. a joke I can't believe that that's the process. I can't believe that it almost seems like they're just intentionally cruel to Oklahoma State. They have Mike Boynton fly to Atlanta on January 20th of this year to go to a hearing the day before a Bedlam game. Right, because we've got an entire calendar year to figure out this appeal. 17 months, this appeal, we've waited for this decision. And in these 17 months, the day they have the hearing is the day before Bedlam, because we need to do it right in the middle of the season, right on the eve of one of your biggest games of the year. And then they have to get on a Zoom, do whatever they have to do for another hearing on what I think was February 7th, don't quote me on that, whenever they're playing against Kansas. And, and Mike Boynton has to take time out of his day, has to take time out of preparing his team for a big game to do that. The NCAA, th- this whole thing is just so unnecessary. It feels so forced. It feels like the FBI was coming down on them and they needed a scapegoat. They needed somebody to go after. And and they chose $300 At Oklahoma State, look, the coach was fired day one. The player gave the money back and served his suspension. What what more could Oklahoma State have done right? You know what the NCAA said today? You know what they said? They said, don't comply ever, ever. That's the message they sent. They said, if we come knocking on your door and we ask you if something happened, you know what you should do? You should tell us to go ourselves and close the door, give us two middle fingers and tell us to prove it. That's what they should do. That's what they should do, everybody. From now on, never comply again. Chad Weiberg was asked today, you know, looking back, do you regret being so cooperative with the NCAA? And Chad Weiberg had a great answer. He said, you know, we we did what we thought was best, we hope we never find ourselves in this situation. Again, if we do, we will likely proceed differently. You're damn right they'll proceed differently. They're not gonna tell you a thing. They're not gonna tell you a thing. They're not gonna give you access to anything. They're gonna do what Kansas did. Kansas got level one violations all over the place. Kansas has so many level one violations, you can't even count them. And you know what Kansas did? They gave them two middle fingers and said, prove it. And they can't, so Kansas is getting off scot-free. But because Oklahoma State picked up the phone and said, hey, NCAA, we got one kid that they got $300 from an assistant coach. He's been fired. Kid gave the money back. He's suspended. What should we do? All of a sudden, now Oklahoma State gets punished for this. Mike Boynton gets punished for this, who by all accounts and by everything we've seen since the moment he, he stepped foot in Stillwater is just an all-world guy who has built something special in Stillwater to the point, Carson, that they lost the number one overall pick in the draft. And we're looking at a team that we all think could be better. At Oklahoma State, he's competing with John Calipari for recruits, and now they've got this weighing them down, the scholarship reductions, the recruiting limitations that are weighing them down whenever you're competing with John Calipari for the best – Players in the country, but I sincerely hope that each and every one of those kids watched that press conference today and saw what Mike Boynton had to say and saw the look on his face. And I'm about to get emotional just thinking about it because that guy cares. He cares about those kids. He cares about them more than anything, and he knows that this isn't right you know, and and look, life's not fair. I'm not one of those guys that tells you everything's fair in life. But this is just so beyond unjust. This is just so ridiculous that you you can't even make sense of it.
0: You can't. And you mentioned Kansas. They have they have Bill Self and Will Wade down there at LSU on tape on recordings admitting recruiting violations, admitting wrongdoing, and they're sitting there with with nothing because they didn't cooperate. And I guess that is the lesson, Colby. You're right. Don't cooperate. OSU, and this is a Mike Holder thing. Mike Holder, right, wrong, or indifferent, he does things right. As my, <laughs> I sound like Mike Gundy. He, he does everything right. He does things by the book. He, he does things the way they're supposed to be done. And clearly, it pays with the NCAA to do things wrong not only in recruiting, but in cooperating with them in terms of recruiting violations, because they don't have any, they don't have any sanctions yet. And I'm curious to see if the big bad NCAA is going to drop the hammer on Kansas the way they have on Oklahoma state. In fact, they should drop the sledgehammer on Kansas. They should drop two sledgehammers on LSU, but I don't know if they're going to do that Coley, because of what you mentioned, they didn't cooperate and they got to just go prove it. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, re- I really don't. But that that to me is is just pure, pure asinine. It's just pure insanity that, that we're in this situation with, with Oklahoma State for $300 to Jeffrey Carroll, who he paid it back. It's just – it makes no sense. And all those – all that aside, I mean, it, you mentioned the scholarship reductions, man. Like, that was another thing that got Mike Boynton emotional. There's a kid out there somewhere – that's not going to get a scholarship to go play college basketball because of this ridiculous ruling. That's true. OSU has scholarship reductions. That, that's what the NCAA, in all of their infinite wisdom, has handed down, is that – and you're right, he is recruiting with John Calipari and the best of the best. But, man, this, this is absolutely crippling. No postseason this year, scholarship reductions. It's hard to fathom a coach having a cloud this heavy for five years, weighing over him, being dealt the hand he's been dealt and being as successful as Mike's been to, not, to get the death blow that, that he got today. And I thought that's another reason he, he's emotional. Matt Colby, imagine a cloud hanging over you, waiting for a ruling for five years, thinking, hoping it's going to go your way, and all the while succeeding at your job. And to be dealt this, that that had to be absolutely crushing for Mike. But I, I do I do agree with you though that the main reason he's emotional is he cares about the kids, and that's and and you're so right. Like this is just another example of how much Mike gets it. It's another example of why he is the man to lead this program. And and I don't know, there, there's something inside of me when we talk about it, Colby. That I'm just not I'm just not accepting this punishment if I'm Oklahoma State. I'm not. I don't I don't know what recourse they have, as I mentioned, but as as much of a death blow as it was with the the lack of postseason and the scholarship production. I'm not. No, no NCAA. I'm not accepting this punishment. I'm not. I'm going to fight this every single day all the way into the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to hold your feet to the fire and see what happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this just puts to rest as if there were still any just shred of a doubt that the NCAA cares about student athletes. Look, there wasn't a shred of doubt before this, but if there was, this is eliminated. The the NCAA does not care about student athletes. I, I don't know what they care about. I mean, clearly they don't care about their image either because they are being burned to the ground today by everybody. This isn't just people in Stillwater. This is not just people in Stillwater. Gary Parrish from CBS lit them up today. Dick Vitale lit them up today. Dick Vitale is embarrassing that the NCAA takes many years to make decisions on schools charged with cheating. It is really pathetic. They must change their system. Uh, just a... Bunch of people nationally just absolutely lighting it on fire. And, y- you know, you really you feel bad for the kids. And Musa say today on tw- to- Twitter, taking kids' dreams away for something they didn't commit. I just don't get it, but we're still locked in on the season. Go Pokes. Rondell Walker, I mentioned, posted the picture of him whenever he was a sophomore in high school. It's just it's unbelievable. 517 days after being punished, they, they lay this down. And, Carson, when the initial punishment was handed down, I, I don't remember my exact reaction. I'm pretty sure that I was upset, but I didn't fully freak out because I'm like, you know, there is an appeals process and there is just no way that this lunacy finds its way through an appeals process. What I didn't factor in is that the people working on the appeals committee are apparently cut from the same cloth that the people on the original infractions committee are cut from if they thought that this was the right decision. And I, I love that Mike Boynton called him out by name today. Stan Wilcox, John Duncan, Rud- Russell Register, Sharika Montgomery, Alan Ferris, Anthony Jenkins, Jonathan Auger, Allison Rich, David Shipley, Alberto Gonzalez, Joel Batari, Gary Miller, Vincent Castro, Larry Parkinson, Thomas Sullivan, uh, and Sankar Suryanaran. Uh, I mean, all of them, every last one of them, cowards get in front of a mic and answer questions. Explain why you did what you did. There's no accountability. Carson, how can there not be accountability for anything like this? Everybody has accountability. The ADs have accountability. The coach has accountability. Wins and losses. You don't win, you're gone. The players have accountability. You're not cutting it. You are on the bench. Everybody has accountability, except these clowns in the NCAA, except Everybody who is in these positions of power where they can just do whatever they want to whoever they want with no accountability. How how after this has taken place, can this committee allowed to be continued to exist in the same mold that it currently exists? How can a single one of those names that I just listed stay in a position of power whenever we're looking at such an abuse of that power that it so far transcends Anything that would make you think that these people are in the position to do what is best for student-athletes. The NCAA exists to be an advocate for student-athletes and to run championships. Well, they're damn sure not an advocate for student-athletes. They constantly botch things like this, and they can't run championships either. The women's Final Four was an example of that in San Antonio this past year. I don't know what purpose the NCAA serves except to sit up on a tie horse and embarrass itself and make life worse for student-athletes. What purpose does it actually serve? Because the two things that it's supposed to do, it cannot do to save its life.
0: Basically, all it does now is run the NCAA tournament. And I loved what Chad Weiberg said, how he he basically phrased it like they've basically weaponized the NCAA tournament against these student athletes that are currently at Oklahoma State. That's what they've done. That's really the only power they have left is to take away their little tournament they run, and they run it well, and it makes a ton of money for them. And they basically have weaponized that. And I think the I, what this what has to happen here is OSU lawyers up, and they get this in front of an arbitrator. Yeah, that, that that's the way to do. That's the only recourse I can come up with in my mind.
1: Is that? And this is a serious question, Carson, because I don't I don't know. I don't understand the legality of it. And they were talking to Chad Weiber, Weiberg and Mike Boynton about it today. Is there legal recourse? I mean, can can they file an injunction? Can they sue? I, I honestly well, no. I honestly don't
0: know. Well, I, I haven't. I don't know what ultimately came of it, but I do know the Penn State or the governor of Pennsylvania sued the NCAA over the the Penn State football situation. I haven't read up on what all ended up happening with that, but I do know the governor got involved. And, and I, Governor Stitt is is an OSU grad. I don't know if he's going to get involved. He's got a lot on his plate as it as it is, but. I would I gotta think if there's any way to get this in front of an arbitrator, an arbitrator is gonna be like, this is absolutely a joke. What are you guys even talking about? This is this is totally ridiculous. So I don't I don't know what's gonna come of that. What I do know is Bob Bowlesby continues to be totally asleep at the wheel in a time where his leadership is needed in this situation. Here's Bob Bowlesby's statement he throws out. The the same commissioner that loves to just throw out these these wrist slap public reprimands. Instead of issuing a public reprimand to the weak NCAA for an egregious injustice towards a member of his conference that stuck around, unlike Oklahoma and Texas, who have totally flown away under his nose while he was asleep at the wheel. Sleepy Bob was at the wheel and OU and Texas leave. Here's his statement. Quote, Bob Bowlesby, today's announcement concludes a difficult process for Oklahoma State University. I believe OSU leadership was highly cooperative and made a compelling case for relief. In the end, the infractions appeals process yielded a set of penalties to which we will carefully comply. Conference rule prohibits an institution under an NCAA postseason ban from competing in the big 12 championship tournament during the affected season, wrong use of effect affected season with e. it's supposed to be a, it has been many years since any of our schools received such a ban. As a result, I anticipate a policy review by our athletic directors, our athletic directors to ensure that current stipulations remain appropriate. Well, thanks a pant load, Bob. Hey, Bob, Oklahoma state, one of your flagships flagship schools. Now that OU in Texas completely left you high and dry would like for you to stand up and speak on behalf of the conference and say this is a complete joke the NCAA you guys are clowns you're totally wrong you're a joke and we're coming after you as a conference but no all Bob Bowlesby does is remind OSU how screwed they are sorry no big 12 tournament That's the statement we got out of the conference office from Bob freaking Bowlesby. Are you kidding me? This guy is worthless. What has this guy ever done other than ruin the Big 12? And the one chance he gets to get a little bit of support, show a little bit of leadership, he tucks his tail between his legs and just reminds them, oh, yeah, can't play in the Big 12 tournament either. Sorry. What a joke that guy is, man.
1: Yeah, so whenever I heard the news this morning that the uh, the punishments were upheld, I was shocked. Whenever I saw the statement from Bob Bowlesby, I was not. It was exactly what I expected from Bob Bowlesby because we know what Bob Bowlesby is. He's nothing. He doesn't do anything. I, I don't know what he does on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. <laughs> Somebody please explain to me what Bob Bowlesby is doing because his job title is Big 12 commissioner. You could have fooled me, Bob Bowlesby. You can make an argument that once Oklahoma and Texas are gone, Oklahoma state will be the flagship program of the big 12 conference. And this comes out and Bob Bowlesby says, well, I know Oklahoma State was hoping for a better result, but I just want to remind them that we're also not going to allow them to play in the conference tournament. And then there's, there's some gray area about whether that policy can be overturned and they can play in the conference tournament. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not going to hold my breath on something good happening for Oklahoma State uh, in, in this just debacle of a situation. I, I mean, it's the exact right word that you use. Useless. Bob Bolsby is useless. What does he do? What purpose did that statement serve? Nothing. Is he scared of the NCAA? I I mean, you're going to lose OU in Texas. Maybe you need to be in the good graces of the NCAA for some other reasons. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's scared, but if he is, I, I don't know, man. It's just, is he commissioning the conference? Because I certainly don't see that. I certainly don't see him living up to that job title. He's a joke, man. Just a total joke. It's just... By the way, Bob, you're welcome on the pod anytime, anytime tomorrow. Come on, let's do it. Let's talk.
0: It's, he's a joke, man. He ain't going to do that. But it's just, and again, it just, it doesn't make common sense, let alone legal sense. So it's just, but it's, it's crazy though. The exhibition against UCO, I saw you got your tickets already. Like, is that place going to be sold out, Gallagher, to show support for this team? It's, it's been, The one silver lining in this was how much
1: everyone's gotten behind Oklahoma State basketball. Carson, this is going to galvanize the fan base in a way that we might not have seen before. I went on to get tickets today to the exhibition game Friday night. It's Oklahoma State and UCO. It's an exhibition Friday night just, just to get your legs underneath you before the season starts. I went in, and there were some tickets in the second level, and they were like $16 each. I'm like, cool, we'll sit in the second level. I click on them. I go in. These tickets are no longer available. I did that three more times in the second level. The tickets were gone. They were gone. We ended up sitting in the third level in like the 8th or 11th row or whatever it was because I couldn't get tickets quick enough in the second level. I expect that place to be full. If you haven't gotten tickets, go look. See if there are any left because seriously, they deserve our support more than maybe any team at Oklahoma State has ever deserved our support. Mike Boynton, after the display of emotion that he put forward today, after those difficult conversations that he had to have with those kids, he deserves to have 13200 in there for an exhibition game. Isaac likely deserves it. Bryce Williams, Bryce Thompson, Rondell Walker, all these guys, they deserve for Gallagher-Iba to be full on Friday. and Not only on Friday, they deserve it to be full all season. I know it's not realistic for every game to be sold out, but the big ones should be sold out and Friday night should definitely be sold out because this, this should galvanize the fan base. This is an injustice against this basketball team who is a group of incredibly likable young men and incredibly talented young men. This should be a really, really good team that Oklahoma State has. And, you, you know, the game's not until seven on Friday. I, I'm serious. If, if you Call yourself an Oklahoma State fan. Google up some tickets right now. Figure out how you can get yourself to Stillwater on Friday. Games at seven. You've got time to get there after work. My wife doesn't get off until five. We'll probably get to the arena at 650 if we're lucky. But get to Stillwater and support this program because they deserve it. They deserve every single seat to be full on Friday night.
0: I I totally expect that. And the OSU softball team, Kenny he was at practice today in an emotional day. And um Based on my research here, uh, let's see here. Penn State, okay, the governor <laughs> sued the NCAA. The school was still on the hook for the $60 million fine. And, again, this goes back to, like, the the Sandusky-Joe Paterno nonsense, that, the egregiousness that happened there. A school that actually deserved, you know, penalties. Uh, they fought to have the school slash state be able to use the fine and specific purposes, however – Most of the penalties, like vacated wins, were dropped. Penn State and the state considered it a win, and they settled out of court. I'm curious to see if they could fight this and settle out of court to where they don't have to give up scholarships or or postseason ban. I I don't know. But Oklahoma State certainly is well within their rights to lawyer up, considering the nature of this case, considering the nature of the punishment and the crime. And look, the NCAA has, has full jurisdiction on their sport. I get that. But what occurred here is just it's a total injustice and I think any lawyer could tear them to shreds if they're able to get this in front of a judge I really do and again I'm no, I'm no legal expert maybe we need to have a lawyer on the next podcast but in my opinion I think Oklahoma State has a case to just absolutely go after them in it and Colby this is where we've been heading for a long time the NCAA has been dying a, a quick death the last year or two with the NIL they've just been they've just been dying a, a quick death and I think It's kind of crazy that Oklahoma State killed the BCS, essentially, when they should have played for the national championship in 2011. They might end up killing the NCAA, too. It it might just be Oklahoma State's job to do away with all the the egregiousness that NCAA and, and everything that entails with them.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. What's going to happen is Oklahoma State's going to end up being a martyr and having to suffer all this, and then it's going to be better for programs down the road because Oklahoma State had to go through it. And I, I just, I don't think that they even really fathomed the message that they were sending with this decision. You know what they told every young man in that room, and not only every young man in that room, but young people all over the place. They told them, if you do something wrong, You do not admit to it. You do not take responsibility for your actions, because if you do, things are going to get bad for you. That's the message they sent. The message they sent was to to tell people, don't take responsibility for your actions. Don't take accountability for your actions. Just move on. Hope you don't get caught and hope for the best. That's the message that they sent. I mean, this is the NCAA we're talking about. The, The national... What, what, is, what does NCAA even stand for? I can't even remember now. I'd, I was going to say National Communists Against Athletes because that's just the first <laughs> thing that pops into my head. What does NCAA even stand for? I'm brain dead. Uh, well, why are you asking me questions here? Right? I'm totally brain dead. National Collegiate Athletic Association. There. We're too fired up. We're too fired up. We can't even remember what NCAA stands for. It's National Collegiate Athletic Association. What a joke. And Stan Wilcox, I just – I mean, the more and more that I read about this guy, because I've even been reading here while we're talking, the more and more I read about Stan Wilcox, what an absolute disaster this guy is. What a disaster. No wonder Mike Boynton kept dropping his name. You know, <laughs> he thinks that because he's not on the committee that that somehow uh, that, you know, removes him from this entire process. No, he was a big part of this. So were all the people on the committee. I, I would really like to know, and we will never know because there is no accountability and these people don't have to answer for what they've done. I would really love to know What they're all thinking today as the reaction for this has come down, not only from Oklahoma State fans, but nationally, from Jay Billis, from Dick Vitale, from all these people nationally that have just hammered the NCAA today as a joke of an institution that needs to be torn down and either rebuilt from the ground up or just go away. I would love to know what these people are thinking today as they see this reaction pour in. They've probably just got a stupid smirk on their face because they are clearly – completely removed from reality. If they thought that this was just going to sit well and go away.
0: I've got a couple great tweets for yeah. you. <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, Pistol whip Pete at okay. State Cowboys, Jr tweets. I just Venmoed Caleb Williams, $300. <laughs> Do your thing. NCAA. <laughs> owe OU from competing in college football postseason this year. <laughs> that, that, that was pretty funny.
1: That's hilarious. Man.
0: And Jared Gallagher, friend of the pod, tweeted a great tweet. It's 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 since gone viral a little bit. Michigan State Athletics employees knew about Larry Nasser for 20 years and received fewer NCAA infractions than Oklahoma State basketball.
1: Oh, I saw that one, too. I saw that one, too. And by the way, I'm not even advocating that current athletes at Michigan State should have to pay for what Larry Nassar did, because that would be ridiculous. You know who should have have to pay for what happened at Michigan State? Every single person who was involved, not the athletes of today, because, again, that would be ridiculous for some kid who was in 3rd grade at the time to pay for the mistakes of Larry Nasser. That's who should pay. Any other adults in the building who knew should pay. Those are the people that should be punished, not the 19-year-olds who were 7 when these things took place.
0: Exactly. That that's that's the real wrong here. I mean, just it's it's absolutely insane that they're punishing Musa Cissé, Rondo Walker, the whole team. It's just, it's crazy. Another great tweet from Jerry Gallagher. He was all over this today. He's got a great thread going on just on just the, the hypocrisy amongst the NCAA Infractions Committee. He, he tweeted, the chairperson of the NCAA Infractions Appeals Committee was the associate VP for athletic compliance at USC in 2010 when the NCAA handed them the Reggie Bush sanctions. They appealed, and it was denied in 2011 looks like someone is still bitter. That's a real case of cheating, the Reggie Bush thing. That's, a, that's an actual case of cheating, and they were denied the appeal. But Oklahoma State fully cooperates, pays the measly little $300 back, fires the rogue assistant who's now in jail, who actually coached longer and, and had more influence at South Carolina and was on Brad Underwood's staff. And Brad Underwood, again, scot Free, it's just – it makes no sense. And, again, I'm, I'm not willing to accept this. And if I'm Mike Boyden and Chad Weiberg, I just don't. And I, I go after them full throttle. And, and, again, Bob Bowlesby should be parking Mike Gundy's car for him when he pulls up to the, the west end zone. And here he is just tucking his tail and running and, and just doing showing no leadership, showing no voice of reason, showing no cojones at all for Oklahoma State. And again, I said this 17 months ago, and I'm going to say it again. NCAA, show me on the doll where Oklahoma State hurt you. What did they do to you so long ago that you're just seeking retribution? Show me on the doll where they hurt you. And I just, I cannot fathom it. It's just, it's, it's egregious.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I that any word
0: sense. seventeen times. I'm gonna keep know, saying it.
1: I know it. It doesn't make any sense. You know, Bob Bowlesby should never show his face in Stillwater again after the lack of, <laughs> of support that he showed Oklahoma State throughout this entire process, and then especially today with that joke of a statement that he released about how o- Oklahoma State has worked tirelessly through all this, or whatever it was that he said. I, I don't even care about Bob Bowlesby. It's just, it's been such a range of emotions today, Carson. It's been anger. It's been sadness as I watched Mike Boynton break down talking about his players and then the thought of him talking to them in the locker room and Isaac Likely breaking down at the realization that he's going to play the regular season and no matter how good it is, no matter what they accomplish, that's it. That's it. You lace up your shoes after that last regular season game and you're done. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter how many other teams in the tournament you'd be able to beat. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because a group of individuals, a small group of individuals came together and decided that you don't get to play for a championship this year. And that's just, it's so, so deeply wrong. And it's just the range of emotions today, anger, sadness, frustration, all of it. It's just usually Carson, we do this podcast. If I'm upset, I fly off the handle a little bit and I feel better and it's cathartic. I don't feel better, Carson. It's There's nothing anytime soon that's going to make this better. Mike Boynton was asked today, is it, is it any relief at all just to know that you have the ruling and it's over? And, and he had the exact right answer. He's like, you know, this part's over, but it's not over. It's not over. We've got scholarship bans for a few more years. We've got probation for a few more years. We've got recruiting restrictions. We've got the postseason ban. It's not over. It's going to hurt every time they step on the floor. Every time they step on the floor this year, Carson, we know that this team's going to give it everything they have. And we know that no matter what the results are after that last regular season game, they're going to turn off the lights and they're not going to turn them back on. It's just, it's not right. And uh, again, like you said, I hope that they lawyer up. I hope something can be done legally. To, to fight this and to give these kids a chance to achieve their dreams on what should be a really, really good basketball team, playing for a great head coach that these kids believe in and want to play for. I hope that that happens, but I don't know, man. It's just this is going to hurt all year every time they take the floor. And assuming that none of this gets overturned and assuming that the last regular season game is the last game of the season, when that clock hits triple zeros, that's going to hurt. And if that hurts for you and me, imagine how much that's going to hurt for Mike Boynton. Imagine how much it's going to hurt for Ice Likely, and Rondell Walker, Bryce Williams, and those guys. You think it hurts us? Imagine what they're feeling today. Imagine what they are feeling today. It's just, it's incomprehensible, and it, it really just, um, I mean, it, it breaks you. It really breaks you.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's incomprehensible for those guys. It really is. And I'll, I'll just leave it with this. These last two tweets here from Fran Fraschilla who everyone knows and respects. There's no justification for this harsh penalty given the circumstance of the case worse. The lack of transparency by the NCAA enforcement arm gives us a sense that all of this is arbitrary based on the school involved. We are witnessing the beginning of the
1: end. I agree with that. Yeah. And lastly, be a martyr Carson. I promise. Oklahoma state's going to be a martyr. That's going to help tear down the NCAA.
0: I agree. And Jeff Goodman makes a good point. He said the NCAA should not be allowed to hit teams with postseason bans for the season once the semester has begun. So I think all that's right. And I will say this, Colby, in closing, before we switch to football, Oklahoma State can still win the Big 12 Conference regular season title. So here's what Mike Bowen's going to be saying, game one, before they play UCO.
1: I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that?
0: Win the whole fucking thing. (laughs) Yeah. that's all i was left to do colby
1: i have a question carson am i the worst if i don't know what that's from
0: major league man come on
1: oh shit. okay i forgot i've seen major league on a number of occasions i just okay. forgot so i'm not to be held accountable well
0: you couldn't see the video so i'll right. I'll, I'll let that one slide but right then-
1: it's just Man, I I hope that the fan base gives this program the support they deserve. I understand not everybody can get to Stillwater on, on every Tuesday night. I get that. But when you can get there, get there. Because this team deserves your respect. They deserve your support. I mean, these guys now, knowing what they know about what the season has in store for them and about what the NCAA has done for them, they still have to lace it up, what, 35 times this year and get after it. And uh, I, I really hope that the fan base supports them as much as they can. I had no intentions of going to the exhibition game Friday night. News broke this morning, and I'm like, there, there's no way I can't be there. There's just no way that I can't be there. Um, you know, Oklahoma State is a family. It, it really is. It's a family. And when stuff like this happens, we come together. It's, and, and I don't even expect people who aren't Oklahoma State fans, uh, people who don't understand it, people who aren't in the family, I don't expect them to get it but we all get it because we are in the family. And, and I really hope that that shows up at Gallagher this year.
0: Yep. I'm with you. So that's, that's the emergency podcast for basketball. We do have a football game to talk about Oklahoma state traveling to Morgantown, West Virginia, fortunately it's a 2:30 kick, not a night kick again, Colby. We didn't get to talk about this last show, but the, the line opened at about three, three and a half, a curious line considering how good Oklahoma State has been this year. And, you know, West Virginia's played better coming off the win against Iowa State. They've kind of righted the ship a little bit. But were you surprised about the, uh, the point spread being as small as it is?
1: Um, you know, not necessarily. Probably just because West Virginia did beat Iowa State last week. And, and I was talking to some people about this last week. I think the schedule actually broke fairly well for Oklahoma State where they had Kansas the week after that Iowa State game because I liked West Virginia last week against Iowa State for one reason. I watched every snap of the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game, and that was a physical battle for four quarters. Those teams just absolutely drilled each other for four quarters, and they were going to be tired. And Iowa State looked tired as they got beat by West Virginia, and yes, they did get hosed by the officials a couple times in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State got hosed in Ames. It happens. That's part of it whenever you play in the Big 12. Line sits at 3.5 now, Oklahoma State minus 3.5, and it's slightly juiced to that side a little bit. I uh I don't know Carson. I have an, an, maybe even an irrational amount of confidence about this game considering that the only team Oklahoma State's blown out is Kansas. I think Oklahoma State wins this game by double digits. Am I am I crazy? Do I need to talk down here?
0: I don't think you're crazy. Again, I'm high on OSU's offense considering they're playing Now again, West Virginia's defense is better than the rest of their schedule remaining um, for sure. But I mean, Oklahoma State's defense is allowing the second-best number in yards per play allowed, their defense. Georgia's number one at 3.8. Oklahoma State's at 4.0, 0.2 behind Georgia. And, again, Georgia's defense, to me, is the best defense I've seen over the last five, ten years. They're, they're back – got to go back to some of those early 2011, 2012 Alabama defenses – to get to how good George has been. And Oklahoma state is right there with them on yards per play. That's how good their defense is. And I just think they'll, they'll beat up on Daigie. And I just think they're healthy at wide receiver, which again, Casey Dunn and my Boyden said was so important. And I think we've seen that come to fruition. Jalen Warren. I just, I'm with you, man. I, I think Oklahoma state wins this game pretty handily. I do. And maybe I'm, Maybe I'm just buying in too much based on a blowout on Kansas, but I think they've been trending for more than just the Kansas game. You go back to the Iowa state game, the offense played pretty well. Spencer Sanders played outstanding. And I just think that they're, they're trending in the right direction. I'm with you. I think coming off the win against Iowa state's a great spot for OSU, much like Kansas coming off the win. I call it against Oklahoma. The fact they played them so close, but uh, no, man, I, again, all this can be wiped away with, Spencer Sanders turning the ball over, but if that doesn't happen, I expect Oklahoma State's defense to shut them down, and I really expect Tay Martin, Brennan Presley, and Jalen Warren. Look, they're not going to have a field day because I think West Virginia's defense is pretty good, especially up front. I don't think Jalen Warren's going to rush for 150 yards, but I do think they're susceptible in the secondary, and I, I fully expect Oklahoma State to win by double digits too.
1: Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at the line again here. The over-under is 49, so they've got it 26-23. Oklahoma State is essentially what Vegas is telling you. I, man, and, and maybe I shouldn't feel this way. I don't know. Maybe we're riding a high from the Kansas game. Maybe we're just trying to make ourselves feel better because it's been a bad day. I don't know. But I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, I think Oklahoma State could win this game 38-13. to and, and that's crazy. That that probably won't be the score that I pick. But, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. I don't think West Virginia is some sort of world beater. I think as far as four and four teams go, they're a pretty good four and four team. Good defensive front that Oklahoma State will have to manage. But, you know, Oklahoma State presents them something that Iowa State really didn't. Oklahoma State's got a quarterback who's going to keep it and run. And I think that that's going to be essential in this game for Oklahoma State to really have success on the ground. Spencer's going to have to have some keepers, and he's going to have to continue to take care of the ball the way that he has the past two weeks. We know he can do it but he doesn't always do it. Hopefully he does it this Saturday because this is a game that Oklahoma State should win. And if they do, I mean, look, you're going into your next two games against two teams with really, really bad defenses working on bad seasons that have both moved on from their head coaches. And Oklahoma State would have a real chance to go into Bedlam at 10 and one. To me, this is this is the one big hurdle. And then it would be a pretty big shock if they lost to TCU or Texas Tech. So go down to Morgantown and take care of business. Beat a team that you should beat on the road. And for whatever reason, Carson, Oklahoma State's been good in Morgantown. They've been close. They've been weird. But they've been good in Morgantown. They've been I, so
0: I weird. Comment.
1: They have been so weird, man. It, it's hard to describe some of the odd things that have taken place between OSU and West Virginia in Morgantown.
0: What was that game? Was that the J.W. Walsh game uh, that they went like overtime in Morgantown? It was a night game. I was driving back from the OU Texas that weekend covering that game. They have had some some strange outings there. But, um, but I'm with you. I'm picking Oklahoma State to win 35-14. to 14. Again, that's how confident I am in Oklahoma State's defense. This is from my man Caden McFarland, friend of the pod. He says, in Big 12 play, Oklahoma State's defense has held every single one of its opponents to its lowest conference total so far in points, offensive touchdowns, total yards, yards per play. Basically, they've played everybody better than anybody else. And West Virginia has lost some games in the Big 12, and I fully expect that to happen again. I'm, a, I'm picking OSU big. I think you are too, which kind of concerns me. But other than that, I'm pretty confident.
1: Yeah, the game I was thinking about was the 2019 game where Drew Brown goes in and goes 22 of 29 for 196 and two touchdowns. And Oklahoma State wins 20 to 13 by outscoring West Virginia by 10 in the fourth quarter. It's just weird games in Morgantown. It's, what what'd you say your score was?
0: 35-14.
1: Ooh, 35-14. See, and I even said that 38-13 wouldn't shock me, but I don't think I'm going to go quite that far. I think I'm going to go 31-17, which is still a comfortable win. But I I don't know, man. I don't know if people out there feel as confident as we do. Maybe, maybe we're crazy. Maybe, maybe the Kansas game is the one game that Oklahoma State's blowing somebody out, and it's Kansas, and we're crazy. But, I just I feel good about it. I feel like this team is starting to, to rise toward its peak, uh, and it'd be really nice for that to happen in November for once because we've seen this team peak quite a bit in September and October. We haven't seen a ton of peaking in November, uh, and I know that we would all love to see that, especially after the rough day we've had today. An Oklahoma State blowout on Saturday would feel really good.
0: Well, and I just hope the offensive game plan looks like it did against Kansas. I hope they're not scared because it's West Virginia. You're on the road, better defense. Let it, let it hang loose, man. Play like you're playing Kansas. Like we we mentioned on the last podcast, the play calling was so much more inventive, so much more creative. If they do that, I think they'll be fine. Now, if, if Gundy just does the him and Dunn do the deal where when they're better than a team and they just think they can just run it off, tackle and throw it sideways and they'll get out of there with a win. They probably still might win, but it's going to be a nail biter. And I just hope they don't, let your let your boys make some plays let let your athletes go out athlete west virginia let tay martin and brennan presley do their thing get it to Jalen warren and, and some good spots use that motion you use with brennan presley if they do that i think they'll be fine colby but if it comes saturday and they're running off tackle and throwing sideways you and i are going to be tweeting that uh it's it's going to be a nail biter and we're, we're going to be concerned that's my only concern coming in the game
1: yeah i hope that they go out and play aggressively and get after it and, and again we talked about this a couple of weeks ago don't be afraid to just run away from somebody and play a stress-free quarter. It doesn't have to be close. It doesn't have to be. I know it has been. Most of the time, it doesn't have to be. Um, uniforms, any guesses? I'm, I'm kind of torn this week. I assume they'll go white shirts, but aside from that. Well, they have to. Yeah, they have to go white shirts. <laughs> you got a free square on all the way, right. games. But yeah. Let's, yeah, hear said,
0: from, uh, let's hear from Chris University Spirit, your one-stop yeah. cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at Spirit.com. This is the Chris's University Spirit uniform preview I'll go first Colby since you're struggling I tried to deviate from the plan and you ended up being correct at Iowa State I'm not deviating from the plan they're going all white with the white the icy white pistol Pete helmet which they wore I think the last time they they won in Morgantown or one of the times they won in Morgantown they all run together now I'm getting old but I'm going all white icy white Pete
1: uh, that's a good one. All whites. Good. You know, I love the all whites. I'm going to go with what they wore in 2019 in Morgantown. I'm going to go black, white, black for Oklahoma state with just kind of the matte black with the, the modern OSU, uh, logo on the side. That's what they wore in 2019. They were able to get it done. Uh, I'll go black, white, black this week.
0: Ooh, I like that. Uh, I might go the the black matte black helmet with the, uh, with the chrome brand and chrome stripe. Yeah. That might be, that might be a good one too, but uh, I like that pick too. So that's the uniform preview. Uh, Oklahoma state gets absolutely hosed by the NCAA. Hopefully the football team can keep rolling and we'll have, uh, we'll have some bedlam for, for big 12 title implications on the line, but Colby, thanks for taping the uh, emergency pod. Any more parting shots before we go?
1: Uh, Just just one more thing. I I just saw this quote from Isaac Likely earlier on IG Live. He said, to be honest, this stuff that's happening is lit. Adversity makes some, adversity breaks some, and you know for sure we're not going down broken. That tells you a little bit about the mindset of the team. And then Jacob Unruh uh, Unruh tweeted earlier and said, I asked Oklahoma State coach Mike Boynton today if he's tried to get NCAA committee members to come explain their reasoning to players. It's a great quote from Mike Boynton. They won't. Because weak leaders don't answer questions. That's what the NCAA is. The NCAA is weak. They sit in offices. They sit in conference rooms. And they make decisions that impact people's lives. And they take absolutely no accountability for it. The entire system is a joke. And hopefully, this is the beginning of the end of that system.
0: And you know what I'm hoping for?
1: End of the regular season.
0: Mid-court at gallagher Arena, Mike Boynton lifting the Big 12 regular season trophy, doing the DX suck it to Bob Bolsby as he hands over the trophy, doing the DX you-know-what to the NCAA and just riding off in the sunset with the Big 12 regular season trophy. And then I I, I like Mike Boynton showing up with the Big 12 regular season trophy at the Final Four and saying, yeah. we'll, play, we'll play whoever wants us after y'all are done. We're, we're right here. We can play in this gym. They don't have to turn the lights off. We'll play you for it all. That's that's what I hope happens.
1: The biggest flex in the history of sports would be if Oklahoma State won the Big 12 regular season championship, and then Mike Boynton bought courtside seats to the national championship game and sat courtside with the trophy while <laughs> the national championship game. It'd be the biggest flex of all time.
0: Bought, bought a ticket just for the trophy to sit next to him in yes, the chair. Buy a
1: ticket for the trophy.
0: Uh, love it. <laughs> all right colby uh, enjoy the game on saturday um hopefully next time this time next week or in the coming weeks we'll uh we'll have a a, a lawyer breakdown of, of what oklahoma state can do
1: no doubt can't wait to get to gia friday can't wait to watch oklahoma state west virginia saturday it's been a tough day but as always go pokes